This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. The world does not revolve around politics. It may be on shows like this that it does. For a lot of people on Twitter it does. But the world, you know, it's, it's at least, Bob, I think as a general rule, sports is one area where the politics have not really intruded much. Would you agree with me? I would, and, and I, I'm hoping Tom might be able to help me with this. One of the announcers was a pit star who, you know, I don't know if he wore uh, his Panther pride on his sleeve. He was also a finalist for the general manager job for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I kind of thought, you know, he's a pit guy. And maybe there was another guy on their crew that, that had ties with uh, the University of, of Pittsburgh. But I, 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 just think he, I just think ESPN, ESPN just had a horrible night. You know, just they, I, I thought they dropped the, the main ball. Play, text here says the main play-by-play guy on pit, uh, the pit game was Lewis Riddick. He went to and played for Pitt. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, I mean, again, I'm willing to believe that announcers sometimes are uh, – announcers and officials – can sometimes be slanted towards one school or another. I'm not going to deny that happens. But it's not because their corporate owners like Trump or don't like Trump and they know that West Virginia's voted for Trump. I, that's just, God, just give up on the politics things. Tom Squidieri, national correspondent, is here. Yeah. Tom, don't you find that well, I mean, you and I live in the political world. We follow this. We pay close attention to it. We're going to talk about politics right now. But don't you feel that sometimes it just goes too far? It does, it does. But, you know, Howard, I always ask for your indulgence to follow up on the conversations of you and Bob. But I'll make it quick, I promise. First, no, I agree with you that summer is not going to end on Labor Day. Forget that. <laughs> We're holding on to it. Second, two words, John Madden. If you ever think he'd call a Steeler game fairly after the Immaculate Reception, no, <laughs> not going to happen. But we understand that. That's not the network. That's a guy who was beaten on the greatest play in football history. Third, here is how WVU gets around the big network bias, you know, against its school. When I was a young reporter, a friend of mine, a WVU graduate, but named Rich Gazarek, was a reporter for the Pittsburgh Press. And he got tickets to the Pitt-Penn State game at Three Rivers Stadium, okay? Fortuitously, our seats were right at the dividing line between the Pitt fans and the Penn State fans. So national televised game, right? Pitt, Penn State, end of the football season. Near the end of the first half, Rich unfurls, or in the front row on the upper deck, Rich unfurls a banner that says, remember, Pitt, Penn State game, WVU, number one in the East. We got on (laughs) national television. No commentary needed. That's how you beat them. (laughs) I like that. I like that. That's right. I just, I, I saw this, and again, this was a post on Facebook. Actually, a guy, a guy, a guy's a friend of mine. He's a he's a rabid MAGA Trumpy. I, I, I mean, I can't, I, yeah. I've, I've had to snooze him for a series of time because he gets so, you know, political about everything. But I just thought, come on. I mean, we announcers can be biased. Officials can be biased. We all know that. But yeah. Lord help me. It's not because ABC doesn't like uh, West Virginians because we voted for Trump. I mean. No. People just put too much. I think you got to look at you got to look at the politics of TV, which is revenues and viewership. You know, yeah. they put on that game because it's a, a good game and a good draw, and they don't want to do anything that takes fans away from watching it. Neither WVU or Pitt fans or neutral fans who want to see a good game and don't want to hear the bias, of, you know, a, a presumed or a sound 
seemingly biased over the announcer. They want to see a good game, and it was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, the announcers may be biased. Again, probably in every game you can pick out times where they say, oh, those guys are for the other team. Or sometimes folks may say, hey, those guys seem to be rooting for WVU or whatever whatever team you're with. Uh, but they're not doing it because some corporate executive at ABC has sent down the word, you will not support West Virginia because they voted uh, <laughs> because they like Trump. I mean, yeah. it's just Yeah, it's I just don't think that happened. Time. It's just crazy time. <laughs> Well, speaking of Trump, it looks like he got uh, some of what he wanted over the weekend when the uh, mm-hmm. the judge in the case involving the Mar-a-Lago search warrant um, agreed to a special master. That's right. It's a, a Trump-appointed judge, and uh, to be clear, and you know, you can talk about bias if you want in the judiciary. We'll let others discuss that. But nevertheless, uh, he got a, a uh, special master, as you say, to review some of the documents now, technically, they're reviewing for a lawyer-client uh, privilege to make sure none of the documents there are fall under that. And then, if so, I, I, I presume, from what I understand, there'll be a separate hearing on each document that's so deigned to be lawyer-client privilege. But let's be clear, Howard, uh, that most of these documents do not fall under lawyer-client privilege. These, these The sensitive documents, the top-secret documents, there's no lawyering involved other than a, a, a Justice Department lawyer when they were c- constructed of the CIA or wherever these documents come from. So this is a classic move by Donald Trump. He's used the courts throughout his career uh, before he was president and bring and since now to obstruct and slow and obfuscate progress in judicial suits or matters of legal now, the judge said, I'm paraphrasing her, but she said, you know, this is uh, unusual to grant such a request, but because of the extraordinary circumstances, meeting a former president, she was granting it. And even though, you know, again, she is a Trump appointee, but a lot of people would say, hey, listen, just be care- you know, err on the side of caution here. Uh, yes, it's going to delay everything until probably after the midterm now, which, of course, is- helps whoever. I mean, you can let others right. figure that out. But that's where that's where it is. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I've been trying to figure out, because the value of this, I guess, to Trump is it gets delayed, the whole yeah. investigation into all the things they're looking at at Mar-a-Lago. But I'm not sure who the delay really helps. The, the, the My first blush is, ah, he wants to wait till after the midterms for these things to come out. Part of me thinks, though, what happens between what happens between now and the midterms is he's still got this whole issue hanging over his head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 unresolved. Would it not be better for him it, it, if it can be resolved to his favor? Would it not be better if the Justice Department just went ahead and and, and continued their work and decided, boy, there's not as much here as we thought there was? So I'm trying to figure out who it, who it actually helps, but it definitely will delay things. Um, and the the judge also kind of touched on the question of executive privilege. Um, which is not really what the, was the, the attorneys were bringing up. I don't believe it is. Uh, the, the Justice Department itself says they've already done the work of looking at things that may be subject to attorney-client privilege and sent them back. But right. in the meantime, I guess as I understand the judge's ruling right now, she said you cannot review any more of the documents uh, and move forward in this investigation until the special master has done his or her work Special master has to, now see, timing on this is, help me, Tom, I think uh, the, both sides have to make recommendations by Friday. Then there will be a I special think the Justice master Department, appointed. Yeah. yeah, I think the Justice Department has to move first. Uh, I, I mean, she, she told them to give three or four names to, by Friday, you're right. 
And uh, and then I I don't know if the Trump side responds to that or they also simultaneously submit. Maybe I am short on this information at the moment. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I tried to get a sense of that, and I couldn't in the stuff that I read. Also, um, the Justice Department could appeal this decision. I don't know if they will, uh, but they could appeal her decision to have a special master, and I don't know how that would go. I, I just don't have a sense of whether the special master, it's not normal in a case like this, but is it acceptable? I don't, I don't really have a sense of that. I don't know. Yeah, again, like I, like I said a few moments ago, her point being that this is an it is an unusual circumstance, and uh, this way every step is taken. Now, in a sense, uh, it, it doesn't help Trump in, if, it, if he wants a delay. It doesn't help him if eventually, you know, most of the documents are clear. And I'm going to guess that most will be cleared because, as right. I said earlier, they have to do with national security and not lawyer-client privilege. I know the folks at the Pentagon are just very, very concerned about what may have been lay, laying around there and what may have been available to others. You know, that's that's not lawyer-client privilege. That's national. In their eyes, it's national security. Let's uh, talk about another political thing that ha- well. <laughs> Was it okay. political or presidential? Let's talk about uh, President Biden's address to the nation this week, which uh, a lot of people say really was not a presidential address, but it was almost a political speech as he lashed out against the uh, MAGA Republicans, tried to draw a distinction between all Republicans and the MAGA Republicans. Um, it was a pretty intense speech, though. What did you think about it, Tom? Yeah, so I thought it was very intense. Uh, as one who covers primarily now the Pentagon politics and International affairs not necessarily always in that order. Uh, you know, when you, when you have a confluence of some of those, it's interesting. Uh, President Biden, I think, has realized the fact that his nice guy approach, which he tried and was pretty successful when he was in the U.S. Senate decades ago, doesn't work these days because of the divisions in the country. And he did say he wanted to bring the country together, and he has not been totally successful at all in doing that for maybe reasons within himself and, and beyond his control. The, the big objection at the Pentagon makes people nervous at the Pentagon, and which makes me nervous, is he had those Marines standing behind yeah. him during the address. And, and the whole lighting and the whole – it was just a – it was a, not a good look, as they used to say in PR. Now, President Trump, just to be clear, did many political events in venues he shouldn't have, including the White House and others, and he also had military around him. But just because one person does it doesn't make it right for the other person. I found it ironic that here's President Biden trying to distinguish himself, in a sense, from President Trump, and in this sense, doing the same thing with using military personnel, essentially, as props. You know, and that, yeah, I was, that, I think, I was so, really bothered yeah. by that. I, I'm, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I am in generally a Biden supporter, but I thought... As you put, first of all, the lighting, the whole scenario was just kind of yeah. weird. It was just, it was just strange. And the military guards there were they Marines? I can't remember Marine guards there. Yeah, they're Marines. Uh, mm-hmm. That that just that was inappropriate. I thought, and I I'm I have to say that even though you know, quote, he's my guy, I just don't think that was appropriate. And I'm not sure that what he, while I think what he said was absolutely true, well, I do believe that we have the. Uh, uh, there is this, this great division of this country, and it's bad for America. It's it's really dangerous. I believe all that stuff. I'm not sure that was a presidential address. There, I think it really came darn close to being a political speech. Yeah. Uh, again, I understand his motive, and I, uh, you know, and this is not you know Monday morning or Tuesday morning quarterbacking as much as 
it was immediate. I, I'm a history fan, I think, as you are. And, of course, he used the Philadelphia backdrop because it's mm-hmm. independent city. And, and you, you, people often forget, you know, we always talk about the great division in this country during the Civil War between North and South, obvious. There was a big division in this country in the Revolutionary War. You know, not everybody wanted to be independent from Britain, and the so-called Tories were very loyal. And yep. you know, there's a great division. So I think that, in, you know, when you hearken back in our history, there have been divisions in our country, and democracy has prevailed, um, you know, even in fact in the Revolutionary War, if you want to look at it from the U.S. perspective. So there was ways to make that speech in Philadelphia about democracy and the future of democracy to be presidential and in the line of history, as you say, you know, without sort of drifting way far into, into what he did. Does that make sense? It, it does. It, it, it does. And and I just I was a little bit bothered by the whole thing, uh, even though I agree with the I agree with the premise that he offered. I just felt that the way he did it was a, was a little bit, a little bit off. The Marine Guards a little bit off. Uh, this yeah. the, I I truly don't understand what that red light in the. I mean I just <laughs> I don't yeah. know who thought I I don't know I don't know. It was just it was just very weird and. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. He was trying to trying to stop division, and yet he, I think, in some ways, he will, he was dividing things more. I, I I don't know. It just I probably could have been done better in a different way. Tom, before I let you go, we need to talk about the Ukraine. Yep. Uh, some things moving yep. in in Ukraine in the war there. What's happening? The Ukrainian government said quite pl- plainly uh, over the last two days that their counteroffensive is not an all-out assault on Russian positions, but first they're. They're destabilizing and taking out Russian supply lines, ability to transport. And they have apparently captured three or four smaller towns in the so-called Kershaw region in the south. That's the focus of it. They had a great picture for their morale hoisting a flag on a recaptured town. Um, that's a smart theory because the Pentagon was greatly concerned, Howard, that the Ukrainians would try to do an all-out counter-assault and leave themselves vulnerable to supply lines, attacks, and overextension, et cetera. So this is a major counterattack on the ground while continuing to pummel and, and disrupt and destroy Russian support apparatus in the back. It's very smart tactically as well as strategically. So um, it's a slower process. You're not going to recapture all of Crimea and Kyrgyzstan and the south immediately. But if they do move forward on it, it means a more secure kind of advance. Uh, Russia, uh, Putin yesterday announced a Russia world policy where, you know, all Russian speakers and Russian culture should be essentially one. He's saying and putting on paper what others in Moldova and the Baltic countries have warned about, that their countries could be at risk. Um, Also, there's a report that Russia is buying missiles from North Korea. Now, the reason this is interesting is because it just goes another point. They they got drones from Iran, from North Korea. That means they're running low on their own stocks. Reaching out for uh, outside sources since their own sources are drying up. Correct. That's important. they still yeah, have a lot. Yeah, that's, and, you know, we, that's they still have a lot. Yeah. The fact that they need to start replenishing from outside the country, and look where they're going. You know, the, the Iranian drones they bought, according to the Pentagon folks, half of them, at least half, are not working very well. So, you know, that'll affect. Of course, that's dangerous to Ukrainians because they won't hit any targets, even if they're being aimed at the right targets. But uh, that means, uh, you know, the, their effectiveness is diminished. Speaking of uh, Russia. Uh, Putin. Oh, one more dissed. thing. Sorry, Howard. Uh, one more, oh, this, yeah, go ahead. This is how you learn from wars. So, if they buy North Korean missiles and put them into action, that means the United States and others can see how effective those North Korean missiles are, and that has mm-hmm. a that has a domino effect because then in South that helps the South Koreans 
understand what they could face. So you see, I love how these things are interactive. Love being a technical term here and not an emotional term. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. I said, speaking of Putin, uh, speaking of Russia, Putin dissed the uh, funeral of Gorbachev, right? Yeah, he did. He visited uh, he visited the body uh, in the hospital afterwards after Gorbachev passed away last week, but. The funeral was over the weekend. He did not go. He had another commitment. His scheduler said could not make it to the funeral. It was not a state funeral. Uh, and it's the first time there was not a state funeral for uh, deceased Russian or Soviet leaders since Nikita Khrushchev in 1964. So, um, you know, his disdain for Gorbachev, he, he made it quite clear. All right, Tom, appreciate your time this morning. As always, good conversation. We'll do it again next week. Thanks very much. Hope you had a good holiday weekend. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Tom Squidieri, National Correspondent, checking in. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.